Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Paul the Apostle tells us that the Bible has the potential to affect us when we read it in two very different ways. In 2 Corinthians 3, he says, "...who has made us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant, ministers not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life." Do we have this realization when we come to the Word of God? The same book, the same words can either become spirit and life to us, or they can become dead letter to us. It all depends on how we come to the Bible and what kind of persons we are that will determine what we receive. We're all fallen creatures with an old fallen nature and an old life that the Bible calls the old man. When this old man comes to the Bible in order to find help to improve itself before God, the result will be predictable, the result of death. John Pester has joined us for fellowship as we uh, wind our way through the book of Proverbs. And John, I think by now those who've been following the program realize that uh, in the messages like the one we have today, there's very little spoken about the book of Proverbs. But in our previous program and then a couple of programs prior to that, we have had these special times when we've really gotten into the Proverbs according to how Witness Lee grouped them in an early study he did. So we're not at all depreciating the message, the value of Proverbs, but we are very much touching again today this burden that Witness Lee presented in this life study that touches a lot more concerning what kind of beings, what kind of persons we are when we come to the Word in general, but particularly a book like Proverbs. Well, I think, Chris, what's very helpful about the book of Proverbs from the standpoint of examining it from the life study perspective is that the book of Proverbs gives us an opportunity to consider the proper way to come to the Word and to receive the Word of God because it's so easy to receive Proverbs as if they're just pithy little sayings that we need to follow and incorporate into our living and we'll be wiser and smarter men. But there is a component in the Word, and if we understand the five critical things related to the Word and we understand what kind of persons that we are, We can see how we can apply the Word of God, receive the Word of God in a way that makes us not only wise, but as Paul said, wise unto salvation. In other Mm. words, brings us into a salvation experience of life that will bring us further on and deeper into the experience of the reality of all that's contained in the Word. Boy, I like that word, John, that verse that you referred to. It's not just wisdom that we're after. It's, It's wisdom that leads unto salvation. It's wisdom that's incorporated in our salvation. In other words, it's wisdom that's part of the divine life we received at salvation. Exactly. And that wisdom is really Christ himself, one of the things we saw early on in this life study, that wisdom in Scripture and even in Proverbs is personified in the Lord Jesus. And this reflects one of the things that the Lord said. 
you come to the scriptures because you think that in them there's life, but you won't come to me. We need to come to the scriptures to receive and partake of and enjoy the Lord himself. And then when we have those experiences, then we will be persons that are wise unto salvation, our regenerated God-created humanity, which we'll see Witness Lee speak about in these messages, will be cultivated in a proper way that makes us people of God, full of God, full of the Spirit, and full of life. And as we saw in a recent program, every time we come to the Word, we need to be filled with the realization we're coming to the very person of God, uh, and we want to contact Him in the Word. And one of the verses, or a couple of the verses that we saw in previous programs we want to bring up again today that helps us very much to do that uh, are in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. And receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which Spirit is the Word of God, by means of all prayer and petition, praying at every time in Spirit. This is really a clear word to us how to touch, how to receive the Word of God by the exercise of our Spirit. Right. Okay, let's join Witness Lee, John. We want to find out about these five marvelous things that the Bible reveals. The whole universe is a mystery. And the center of the mystery is God. You open up the Bible, the first sentence tells you, in the beginning, God. Right? Then the second thing the Bible shows us is God's speaking. God's word. Hebrew 1 says, God speaks. In the beginning, God created. Then what? Then God spoke. And what should be the third thing? The word became flesh. Who is this one? Christ in the flesh. Who was Christ in the flesh? The word. Then, fourthly, this sin in the flesh as a word became the life-giving spirit. God, the word, Christ in the flesh, then the spirit. Then in Ephesians six seventeen, receive the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So now you have God, the Word, Christ in the flesh, then the Spirit, and the Word. You come back again. The entire Bible unveils to us only these five points. This is the Bible. Hallelujah. All these five today are in our spirit. Not only are in our spirit, even mingled with our spirit. As one spirit. John, as you well remember, uh, during the course of Witness Lee's ministry, at times he would come to these great sweeping statements like we just got here that really the Bible just reveals to us these five things. Of course, the Bible reveals a lot of things, but there's a profound meaning to what he incorporates in this speaking, isn't there? It's very good to have these uh, clear, concise statements about what the Bible reveals because I think if you would ask the common, uh, the average Christian, uh, what does the Bible reveal, most of them would say the Bible teaches me what I shouldn't do and what I should do. 
they receive the Bible as if it's a set of, of notes that they have to incorporate in their living to self-cultivate themselves. Right. And if you have that understanding, when you come to the book of Proverbs, that understanding seems to be very greatly reinforced. So it's good to have these clearer statements uh, from a person who's been saturated with the word to realize what does the Bible really reveal? Is the Bible a code of conduct for us, or is the Bible a revelation of God himself? In the beginning, God. Right. And this God is a speaking God. And this speaking God, who was the Word in 2,000 years ago, became flesh. And then, through the process of death and resurrection, he became the life-giving Spirit. And now this Spirit is the Word of God and is spirit and life to us if we receive it in that way. We need to have the realization that the revelation of the Bible is God becoming real to us through the Word as the Spirit so that we can become men of God. We can become men filled with God, containing God, expressing God. And if we have the Word of God in us as the living Spirit, then we will properly live out the kind of life that is God himself. We won't have to self-cultivate. The way to understand Proverbs is this is an expression of the life that lives out the living word of God. And we need to really focus in on that and not come to Proverbs as if it's a book of letters, but as a book of spirit. And if we see these five points, what the Bible reveals, God, the word, the Word becoming flesh, the Christ becoming the life-giving Spirit, and the Spirit being life, and the Word being the Spirit, then we will have a proper realization of how to uh, appropriate all the riches in the Word. Uh, this matter of the Word and the Word becoming Spirit and life, and then uh, at the end here that we saw in Ephesians chapter 6, that the, the Spirit and the Word once again are identified um, it's going to be developed in this next portion. Uh, we start with the premise, according to First Timothy, that all Scripture is, uh, most interpretations would say something like uh, inspired by God or God's inspiration, but the literal translation there is breathed out by God or God's breath. Uh, yet not every word in Scripture was actually God's direct speaking, as, right. as we'll see. There were a few examples when, you know, in Genesis and God said, let there be light. There's an example of God's direct speaking. But most of the scripture was really the utterance of godly men under the inspiration, the influence of the Spirit. Right. Okay. To illustrate that point in this coming section, Witness Lee is going to point us to a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, again, here's the Apostle Paul, and remember what we're illustrating here. Paul said, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, but I give my opinion as one who has been shown mercy by the Lord to be faithful. And then he expresses his so-called opinion related to the young women, the young sisters, and how they should continue on. And then he comes back in verse 40 and says, but I think I also have the Spirit of God. And that expression during that whole passage is incorporated into the New Testament, which means surely he did have the Spirit, and even there his opinion became the Word of God. Uh, this is an interesting point that I think we miss when we uh, think about, oh, all the, word, all the Bible is inspired by God. And, uh, but what does that really mean? Well, this, I think, passage will help us to see what that really implies. The Bible is a book full of the words of the people of God, human words. 
not only the Proverbs, you know, entire book of Romans is the word of Paul. How could you say they are the word of God? It's just because they are in the Bible. That's right. And the Bible is God's breathing. God exhaling himself out. That's right. But listen, when you come to contact the word in the Bible by your natural man, that is not God's word. By our natural man, by the mind, that is not the word of God. But when we come to the Bible by exercising our spirit to contact God, right away, Ephesians 6.17 says, the word of God becomes the spirit. It is the wise man's word. But when you come to contact it, by exercising your spirit in the spirit of prayer, every word becomes spirit and life. John, let's look at this verse again in 1 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed, or all scripture is inspired by God. I like the translation that picks up the literal meaning there of breath, don't you? When we come to the word, the word of God, the Bible, we call it the word of God. But we have to realize that not every word in the Word of God, which is the Bible, was directly spoken by God. And it was spoken under the inspiration of God, through men inspired by the Holy Spirit, through men filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but not every word was directly spoken by God. And I think that this might sound uh, odd to some people, but I think the easiest way to illustrate it is with the fact that many Christians have what is called a red-letter edition of the Bible. Right. And if you look at the red-letter edition, all the words of Christ that he directly spoke are in red. Well, if you thumb through the red-letter edition of the, of the Bible, you'll quickly realize that there's not very many red letters in that Bible. The vast majority of the Bible is not in red, it's black, because those words were not directly spoken by the Lord. So we have to have the realization that the Word of God, which is breathed out by God, was breathed out through the agency, in many instances, of humanity. Humanity was involved in the speaking out and the presenting of the Word of God. Even the Lord Jesus himself, the red-letter author himself, was a man when he spoke those words. And so we have to have a realization that the Word of God involves men and humanity. And it's not only just your ordinary humanity. It's humanity that's been regenerated, worked on and processed and infused with the divine life so that when someone like Paul says, I think I also have the Spirit, he in fact did have the Spirit, and the words that he said were his opinion, in fact, are the Word of God. So this shows the proper function of the Word and Spirit that can get into a believer in his regenerated humanity and uplift him to such an extent that the words that he speaks are, in fact, the word of God. And I appreciate Paul's attitude. He didn't have the realization. He didn't have the boldness to say, I'm complete. He said, I think I also have the spirit, which shows 
a humility that comes from the realization that we always need more of God. And that understanding and that realization is really a proper spiritual understanding. It really is. And now, when you, when you take that and consider uh, Paul's word in Galatians 2.20, which we've already talked about a number of times in this life study of Proverbs, going to mention it again today. Uh, to me, it takes on more significance there. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, right? And it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I think we saw that uh, really illustrated in that passage in 2 Corinthians. Uh, Paul there was very much crucified. What was being lived out of him was Christ, and even what was being spoken of him turns out to be the Word of God. Uh, So this is the outworking of this deep spiritual mystery contained in verses like Galatians 2.20. I think that'll help us as we come now in this last section to realize the proper context in which a book like Proverbs should be uh, appropriated by a seeking, Jesus-pursuing believer. You mean to say, why Brother Lee, there's such a book so bothering people? Why? Let me tell you. You are still a human. You still have your humanity. God regenerated us. In other words, God regenerated our humanity, but God didn't throw away our humanity. Yes, God terminated your old man on the cross, and God resurrected your man. Without resurrection, a horse regeneration. You see, our God created humanity, created, not born humanity, was regenerated with God's life. What Christ crucified on the cross is the fallen humanity, the fallen old man. That was crucified, terminated. But the God-created humanity still remained to be resurrected. And in resurrection, the divine element uplifted this regenerated humanity. Today, after you got regenerated, to be a new man, you are not to be an angel. You are still a man. So you and I, we still have our humanity. But our humanity is the resurrected humanity, regenerated humanity. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified. No more I. It seems no more humanity. No more I. But Christ believes in me. Then he says, now the life I live, I've been crucified, now I live. The crucified eye was the old eye. The living eye is the new regenerated eye. But still, that's Paul. Okay, because we still have our humanity as a person, as a man. We need the proper spiritual proverbs but not to cultivate your natural man, but to cultivate your new man. You are still a man. You are new, but still a man, right? You still need the Proverbs. So come to the Proverbs as a new man, but exercising your spirit with the spirit as a means to contact the world. 
John, this was pretty dense and uh, very meaningful. I think it needs to be unpacked a little bit because it's mysterious as well. The old man has been terminated in Christ's death. That's Romans 6, right? Uh, But we were also raised together with him in resurrection. So that humanity that was terminated, crucified, was not trashed, wasn't thrown away. It was resurrected. Now it's being uplifted. And there is a proper sense, isn't there, that in which this resurrected humanity needs to be cultivated by such books as Proverbs. This is a very, very deep point. When we believed in the Lord Jesus, his death was applied to our fallen, sin-ridden humanity, which was the old man. That was crucified on the cross with Christ. But the word also says that we were raised together with Christ. What was raised together with Christ? Still our humanity. But the God-created aspect of our humanity, which is what we bring with us into resurrection and is part of the one new man. But it's humanity nonetheless. The sin-ridden humanity has been, and sin-corrupted humanity has been terminated, and our God-created humanity, the, the humanity that God created before the fall, has been regenerated with the life of God. And that life's in human bodies. And there is humanity involved. We are still men. And as a consequence, our humanity needs to be cultivated at the highest level. Even in 1 Corinthians, Paul speaks of the church as God's farm. A farm is a place of cultivation. And the way to cultivate your God-created and now regenerated humanity is to fill it with the Word of God. And the Word of God that has some Proverbs fills this function. There are many things in Proverbs properly received in the Spirit will uplift our spiritual life. But if we come to Proverbs as if it's just a book of precepts that we just need to follow in a kind of a dead way, anybody can do that. There's many ethical instructors that use the Proverbs, but they're not Christian whatsoever. It's impossible in our fallen humanity to incorporate the reality of the spirit and life that's in the Proverbs and have any impact on us. But if we're in our God-created and regenerated humanity, we come to the Proverbs in a prayerful way, seeking the Lord, seeking the spirit and life that's in the Word, Those words will operate in us and uplift our God-created humanity, bringing us into and making us useful for the body of Christ, the one new man. You used a phrase early on. I'd like to pick it up here as we close again. You talked about the self cultivating the self. Right. And And that is really the danger. That's the warning side of this life study, that when the old fallen man Uh, picks up a book like Proverbs and tries to employ it, to apply it in a way to improve himself, you know, and try to patch up this uh, degraded humanity. The result is something far, far from being pleasing to God and satisfying God's purpose. But when approached in the resurrected, uplifted humanity by the exercise of our spirit with the empowerment and the energy of the divine life that we have received in our regeneration, then this book is invaluable in cultivating this uplifted humanity. There is no problem whatsoever with any word or any proverb in Proverbs. Every one of them is a gem. The problem that we encounter in Proverbs sometimes is what kind of person do we bring to the word? Do we bring our self-cultivating 
fallen humanity or do we bring our Christ-regenerated, God-created humanity and enter into those words as if they are spirit and life rather than dead letter? And it has the source of any kind of problems or misapplication of the book of Proverbs is not with Proverbs themselves, is with us. And what kind of person do we bring to our reading and enjoyment of that word? It's been good to have you, John. If you'd like to get the printed life study, the one that contains uh, both balancing words, uh, these exhortations by Witness Lee concerning how we come to the, to the Word of God, what kind of person we are, and also uh, presents these Proverbs as gems grouped in this way, please contact us. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And we do hope you'll join us for that next program, the final of the three special programs. Then we have one final life study in Proverbs before we go on. That's all the time we have for today. For John Pester, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own life study reading schedule or download more life study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.